This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. I've been doing therapy for over 25 years now, and I decided to start podcasting a couple of years ago because I wanted to extend the walls of my practice to those who, of course, might already be interested in therapy and emotional growth, that kind of thing, or to those who might have a more recent diagnosis of depression or anxiety, bipolar disorder or an eating disorder. Or might have run into some problems in relationships that simply might need a little bit of tweaking and they're a bit lost. And then, of course, there's the third group that I'm also trying to reach. Those of you who may think of seeking therapy as something weak, something that people who want to complain about their lives always do. So I'm hoping that maybe a podcast that a therapist does and talks to you about common emotional problems, might help you see what it would be like to be in therapy. Now, self-work isn't therapy. It's not the same. But maybe you're just curious enough to know what someone like me might have to say. Today, we're going to be talking about trauma, surviving trauma, the importance of rediscovering your power. You know, trauma may be a word that you associate more with hospitals or medical settings, more than you do with mental health. But emotional and psychological trauma is the basis for diagnoses such as post-traumatic stress disorder, better known as PTSD, or what's called complex PTSD. And trauma lies underneath many other problems like depression or anxiety. So we're going to be talking about trauma today. I've worked with trauma victims from all kinds of bad things happening from fires, tornadoes, rapes, suicides, maybe finding someone who committed suicide, violent attacks and attempted murder, life-engulfing illnesses such as a guy I treated one time with the flesh-eating bacteria and someone else who had a sudden paralysis and couldn't move for quite a long time. We'll define trauma generically and then talk about its treatment. We'll also touch a bit on the difference between what's termed big T and little t, or big trauma and little trauma, and the potential difference between what occurs with sudden one-time trauma to chronic trauma or abuse that lasts for months or years. Basically, to heal, people with trauma need to talk. They need to describe what happened to them. They need to connect what they remember with what they felt then and now. But we'll go into more detail, and I'll use some of the case histories I have from my own patients as illustrations. I've gotten feedback from some of you that that's really very helpful. The listener email today is from a young girl who is self-harming, but she doesn't want to hurt her parents by telling them. Now, this is a teenage girl, and so I gave her what I know is my best advice. So sit back, realize, however, that this podcast could be very triggering for you if indeed you have trauma in your background. So listen carefully, and if it gets to be too much, then simply stop listening. Most importantly, take care of yourself. Trauma. Sometimes even hearing that word can make any of us cringe. 
What is trauma? It's the emotional response to an event or experience occurring that was tragic and life-altering, such as a tornado, a fire, a rape. You're said to be traumatized, but that trauma doesn't always look the same in us. It's a unique response for all of us. You can deny the trauma's impact and just get busy distracting yourself or as quickly as possible discount its importance, emotionally cutting yourself off from its impact. You can more unconsciously dissociate from reactions to it, becoming weirdly calm, seeing it as unreal and detached from you and thereby not feeling your pain or fear. Or you could suppress or mute your reaction with drugs or alcohol or getting in control by developing or revisiting an eating disorder or some obsessive compulsive traits, some other method of perceived control. But nightmares and flashbacks, part of the symptoms that are termed post-traumatic stress disorder, can often begin to happen and challenge those very protective reactions. Now we all know what a nightmare is. A flashback is when you actually see something happening. You see it in front of you almost like a movie reel. It can last a few seconds. It can last a few minutes. But that's what a flashback is. Nightmares and flashbacks can disrupt your life so much that you have to turn back time and look at what happened. I'll have a link to what are other symptoms of PTSD, but for now... Know that they involve emotional reactivity to any triggers that are similar or even the same as the initial trauma, such as severe storms if the trauma was a tornado or hearing a creaking noise in your house if you were raped by someone who broke in your home. You can want to avoid anything having to do with what happened, and you can struggle with a spectrum of emotional reactions from shutting down completely to being highly agitated and angry. And so many I've worked with who have PTSD shame themselves for their reactions. I shouldn't be having nightmares. It's stupid. I'm okay. Or I should be able to control my own mind. Why can't I stop these flashbacks? Please try to think of flashbacks and nightmares as your own mind trying to process what happened. Think of it like a detective needing to watch a crime over and over to get clues or think about a crime over and over to get clues. Nightmares, in fact, can occur when you're refusing to work through things more consciously, although they can also have a life of their own. But I've seen great progress in lessening nightmares when someone risks talking about what happened to them and in as much detail as they can tolerate. Let's talk for a minute about what treatments are used for PTSD. There's normal talk therapy, But you always, if that's what you're going to do, want to talk with someone who has experience with trauma. Believe it or not, there are therapists who, when they hear that you've been traumatized, really shy away from working with you. That may be because they have their own trauma, perhaps unrecognized in themselves or perhaps partially worked through, but it's a personal thing for them. Or they're choosing as a therapist not to do that kind of work, and certainly that's their prerogative. Perhaps they didn't want to get specialized training, that kind of thing. But there's normal talk therapy. Then there's cognitive behavioral treatment, which is simply looking at what you're telling yourself or thinking about things and how that changes or influences your emotional reactions to things. ACBT, or cognitive behavioral treatment, is called stress inoculation, 
where you actually visualize what happened to you while you're teaching your body to relax. There's something called exposure therapy, which is another behavioral treatment, which involves going to the scene of the event or trauma, either visualizing it or actually going there. Then there's EMDR, which I've talked about many times on this podcast. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy. And that basically is using your mind to help put together the details of what happened in a way that you can emotionally much more easily tolerate it. And then, of course, there are medications. And I also use hypnosis, although it's not commonly cited as a treatment option. All of these treatments have the goal of loosening the power of the trauma and helping you realize you survived. That's what's so important to allow yourself to absorb. You survived. An assignment I usually give is to write out in as much detail as you can each step of what happened and how you felt at each step. Then we go over it. I listen for what you're not saying and ask questions, and we do that as many times as possible. I'll also try several different techniques to see which one is most effective for that particular patient. For example, I worked with a college student one time who'd been raped in high school. She told her mother, who didn't believe her, which became part of her trauma, of course. So when I began seeing her, this very bright student couldn't sleep in the dark, had to have the TV on at night, locked her bedroom door, and couldn't have sex with her boyfriend. She never went out at night except in the company of others, and even then, she was nervous. So I used a combination of talk therapy and hypnosis with her, and her symptoms improved immensely. What was her work? She had to not only voice her anger with her perpetrator and her sense of being robbed of her freedom for many years, but she had to process her anger with not being believed. She told her dad what had happened, and together they talked with her mother. Now this was clinically fascinating, but very odd and very sad for the patient. She returned to my office a year later. She had quite accidentally run into her perpetrator at a fast food place, and all her symptoms were back. So we tried hypnosis again. Hypnosis is encouraging the person, guiding the person into a very relaxed state, and she was there, and she quietly said, I see him. I asked, who do you see? She said, him. I responded, tell him to go away. Shout at him to go away. Now, in hypnosis, you may feel as if you're shouting, but actually, I could barely hear her. She was whispering. However, I did hear her say very firmly, go away. And I had her repeat it and repeat it until he left her visualization, left her hypnosis. That was quite empowering for her, and her symptoms once again faded away. This story of empowerment of breaking free of whoever or whatever traumatized you, of realizing your power in the present, of realizing how you've been strong in the past and can be now again. All of these things are essential in the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder, no matter what treatments you use. The goal is for someone whose life got totally out of control to feel whatever control they can in the here and now. They have to rebuild a wall of safety for themselves, brick by brick. And it's hard work. Just to touch on it, slightly different from PTSD is what's termed complex PTSD, where the events connected 
are long-standing and generally involve some form of physical or emotional captivity, such as childhood sexual and or physical abuse or domestic violence. Kidnapping, of course, could be one of these as well. Anything that involves long-term stress and captivity. On top of symptoms of PTSD, people with CPTSD have severe problems with managing their emotions. The events may change how they feel about themselves, and they may be swallowed up by guilt or shame, feeling somehow permanently damaged by what's happened. They may not get their feelings toward their perpetrators out of their minds and seek revenge or remain very afraid. And they may shy away from forming other relationships entirely. You can dread what life may bring you. If you or anyone you love experiences CPTSD, you're going to need treatment from a therapist that you trust and work for a long time on this kind of healing. But it can be done with care and support from the ones who love you. And again, of course, remember you survived. But one issue with trauma that I want to mention is the difference between what's called big T and little t. Big trauma and little trauma. So many people believe that if a trauma isn't a major event or a loss, a big T, then it doesn't count somehow. What they forget is that one person's irritation is someone else's trauma. We're all geared so differently. We all have unique childhood histories. We all have our eccentricities or fears, some of which are irrational. I can't stand on a box four inches off the ground without feeling a little scared of how high I am. I don't know if this fear of heights developed because I rolled down a butte in Colorado as a kid one time, true story, or whether I was always scared of heights. But I can't, for example, get on an escalator and look down. So what if someone knocked me off an escalator or down an escalator? I might never get on one again. That would be traumatic for me. I'm already frightened. Maybe that sounds silly, but somehow that would be very real for me. So little t traumas are those based on our own subjective experience. Some researchers say that this subjective experience can be genetically based. What subjective experience is, is basically how you view things, how you feel. As a clinician, I know it can be learned as well. For example, I worked with someone whose mother had all her children fall to the ground and hide whenever someone knocked on their back door. She'd been traumatized by this behavior of her mom, but she learned to be constantly afraid and, as an adult, would hide when she heard anything outside. Now, this woman was a well-known and respected professional in town, but as soon as she got home, and especially if she were alone, she'd never learned to feel empowered. So, we did self-exposure exercises moving slowly more and more out the door of her home and really working within her home to tolerate her fear, like leaving windows open during the day. She learned to tolerate and manage the anxiety that came with it. The differences in our reactions to little things, then, is based on all kinds of experiences we've had in the past, and none should be dismissed. This difference in how we react to our experiences can help explain why soldiers coming back from the war, although that's obviously big T experience. Some develop PTSD and some do not. It seems to be based primarily on prior history of emotional stability. But my message to you, if you've experienced any trauma, is to work with a therapist, work within yourself to understand 
that you can build that wall back. It may be slowly, but you can build it back. Because you survived. You survived. Our listener email today is from a young 15-year-old girl. I just listened to your podcast and realized I have perfectly hidden depression. I'm a teenage girl, and I have a hard time expressing and discussing my feelings. I really need to see a therapist. I just don't know how to talk to my parents about considering a therapist or a counselor or even telling them about my feelings. I have tried self-harm two or three times, and it will just break their heart if they get to know about it. I don't know what to do. I've been getting more and more emails from teenagers, which of course I'm delighted they're listening to the podcast, but my message to you is if any of the podcasts cause you to think about something or want to reach out for help, maybe your parents aren't the people you can reach out to, but please try to reach out to some adult that can help you. But this is what I said to this young teenage girl. I'd like you to consider something. It may break your parents' hearts that you are self-harming, but it will hurt them even more if that self-harm leads you to doing more self-destructive things or have your depression get out of hand before you know it. It's important that you get the help you need. Perhaps you can first talk to a school counselor and ask them to help you tell your parents. Or maybe there's another family member you trust that you could confide in and they could help you. But please reach out. Your parents are likely much more resilient than you think, and their love for you and your safety is what counts. Take good care. I'm delighted to say that this young woman emailed me back and said she was going to do just that, that she hadn't considered that it would be much worse, or it could be much worse, if she didn't open up. I'm so glad that she reached out to me. I want to thank you for listening to Self Work. There's so much in our world where we see trauma happening every day on television. We see it here in the United States. We see it in the world. And it's very easy to discount how seeing the war and the conflict, the outrage and the violence can affect us without us even knowing it. So when you have real trauma in your lifetime, it's so important to process what happened to you. So I want to encourage you to seek treatment. I also want to encourage you to reach out to me. There are plenty of ways of doing so. You can email me at askdrmargaret at drmargaretrutherford.com, and that's confidential. I'm the only one who reads those emails. You can go to my website at drmargaretrutherford.com. You can subscribe there and receive my weekly podcast as well as weekly blog posts. That's all you get, I promise. Maybe a message or two from me. That's it. I'm doing a kind of a fun thing on Instagram. Never been too much for Instagram, but I I don't know. It suddenly struck me that I could do something a little more creative. So I've started this series called What I've Learned as a Therapist. And as I record this, I'm on What I've Learned as a Therapist, number 21. And I'm just wandering around my house looking for really common items to use. And whatever they make me think about, then that's what I write about. People seem to be enjoying it, so come on over to Instagram at drmarketrutherford.com. 
Of course, all the ratings and reviews you've been leaving. I'm almost up to 300. I can't believe it. And that is the primary way that people can see that self-work is helping others, others like you. So leaving a rating or especially a written review is so heartwarming to me. And I'm so grateful when you take the few minutes to do that. You can do it anonymously so you don't have to reveal who you are. I also have a new Facebook group. It's a closed group, meaning that you can join, and then you can see the comments that others leave, but people outside the group do not see your comments. So it's a great way of reaching out to me, of having more contact with me. I go and come from the page, and really by now we have almost 600 members, so people are bringing all kinds of things to the table, helpful things, people who are also experiencing depression and anxiety and want support. So the link to that is facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. That's facebook.com slash groups slash self-work. I'll hope you'll join me. Take very good care. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Dr. Margaret, and this has been Self-Work. Self-Work.